Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. I know Swoop Radio has not posted a podcast in a couple weeks. I apologize for all my consistent fans. I had to take a couple weeks off just to regroup, reset my goals, and to get ready for the spring semester. I am currently in my final semester of my undergrad. By May, I will have my bachelor's in communications and also my bachelor's in psychology. I plan to take a gap year and get into sports psychology and become a sports psychologist. But for this, for today's podcast, I have a lot in store for you guys. Uh, I'm going to get into the Aaron Hernandez documentary that was on Netflix. Uh, that's going to be on a little bit later on for this podcast. I'm going to give like my inside takes and how I feel about it overall. I had a chance to digest and and really take in the analysis of Aaron Hernandez's mental health and the effects of CTE. And I've done podcasts on that numerous times. I've also done presentations on CTE. It is a huge illness that needs to be talked about more. But for the first topic of today's podcast, I'm going to get into championship weekend because obviously the Green Bay Packers and 49ers played last Sunday and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans played last Sunday. And I must say that overall, these games were both very boring. And as a football fan, I feel like championship weekend has we have not really seen a good championship game in years now. Like, if you really think about it, the Eagles and the Vikings, that was 20, that was 2018. And I, I mean, I was an Eagles fan, so I loved it. And I still am an Eagles fan. I love the game. But if you're an actual sports fan, the game was over by the first, by the half, by halftime, the game's over. Um, as I'm remembering last year's, last year's AFC championship game was really good because the Patriots and Chiefs went into overtime. That was amazing. But the NFC, it was pretty much... It was pretty much just self I mean, the NFC was all right, too, because of the uh, the the missed P.I. So I would say last year's was really good. This year's did not live up to the hype. And overall, the past couple years have not lived up to the hype at all. Um, so it is a little concerning because it is champ- conference championship weekend. And you would think that it would be better games. But I will say wild card weekend, I went one in three. Uh, in my predictions, but the, the the divisional round, I went with the Chiefs over the Texans. I went with the um, I went with the Ravens over the Titans. That was the only one I got wrong. I did. I went over Packers in Seattle, and then I also picked um, yeah, I picked the 49ers over the Vikings. So I went three and one. Ended up going four and four. And in the conference championship game, I got the first. I got my two picks right. I picked Kansas City and I picked San Francisco. So for the playoffs, I am at six and four in my predictions. Uh, I'm going to get into my Super Bowl prediction um, later on, uh, probably on Monday's podcast. I'm going to do my Super Bowl prediction and really give you guys an in-depth um, analysis of the games. Um, but starting, we're going to start with. The San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. We got to get into that game because coming into the game, the Packers were an eight-point underdog, and the 49ers defense, this is just something special. But what the 49ers have done in this playoff run with Jimmy Garoppolo is they're not throwing the ball at all, and they're running the football. They are just running it down Green Bay and Minnesota's throat these past two games. And... It's very concerning because when you play football, if you can't stop the run, that is the most humiliating thing to do to a defense. 
if you could just hand the ball off to somebody and let them and and you know that they can't stop you there, there's no need to throw the football so ever since Jimmy Garoppolo in the second quarter of the divisional round uh, in San Francisco when he took on the Vikings ever since he threw that pick and the Vikings ended up kicking a field goal was 14 10 the 49ers have ran the ball over 45 times in fact over 50 times they've ran the ball compared to just throwing the ball not even not even 15 times why is that that shows again that this 49ers team it has an amazing running game and the Chiefs are going to have to find a way to stop it very similar to what they did with Derrick Henry this past week and what can I say I mean Coleman Coleman did get hurt in the championship game against the Packers, he was he had to get carted off. But there's been signs of optimism by the coach. Uh, he hurt his shoulder, Coleman, and uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan believes that he will um, that Coleman will play in the Super Bowl. But we got to talk about Mozart, uh, Mo- Mostart, or whatever his name is. I apologize for his name if I'm pronouncing it wrong. He was cut seven by seven different teams. And I must say, he ran the ball. He had 29 carries for 220 yards and four touchdowns. The 49ers, as a team, ran the ball 42 times, only threw the ball eight times in the game. And if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, and if you're the Green Bay Packers, you have to be humiliated. You knew what was coming. The 49ers were going to run the football, and you could not stop it. There was no answer. The 49ers did jet motions. They constantly move guys out, which creates more space. And the speed that all these running backs have on the San Francisco 49ers, it's it's amazing. And they definitely, they are one of three teams or one of two teams ever to lose more than 12 games the year before and to go to the Super Bowl the following year. So the 49ers join a very great group the last team to do it was the Los Angeles, or now at the time, St. Louis Rams. And that was the year Kurt Warner came in as the backup and led the Rams to a Super Bowl victory. And we all know that was the famous uh, short, uh, fourth and short, uh, got tackled at the one-yard line. The Rams guy, uh, not the Rams guy, the Titans guy did. And the Rams ended up going and winning the Super Bowl. So that's just a little history for you guys. So the 49ers, they love to run the football. And that they've built their they've always they've been a top three rushing attack all year. Kyle Shanahan again does a lot of jet motions, and the Packers just had no answer. Uh the biggest takeaways of the game, Rodgers threw two picks. He lost a fumble. And that was the difference. Uh the first fumble lost. The Green Bay Packers were in 49ers territory. They were gonna at least put up three, maybe even seven. That was a huge turnover. And Rodgers' first interception was huge because at the time it was 20 to nothing, San Francisco. And that interception set up the 49ers perfectly at the goal line. And they got another quick score before the half. And it ended up being 27 to nothing at halftime. And that was pretty much the coffin right there, the nail in the coffin. Rodgers, he he completed 31 of 39, 326 yards, two touchdowns. But it was too little too late. He showed up way too late in this game. The first half, he didn't even throw over 100 yards. That's how bad of a first half he had. Uh, And it's concerning. 
it's very concerning because this is a guy, Aaron Rodgers now, that is now 1-4 in conference championship games. He won his first one. He lost to Seattle. In uh, he's one in three. My my apologies. He lost to Seattle and Russell Wilson in that elite defense. Even though Wilson threw four picks in the game, um, he lost to the Atlanta Falcons, and now he lost to the San Francisco 49ers. And will Rodgers get to another Super Bowl? Yeah, my answer. It, this was his best shot. The Packers were 13 and three. Uh, they have a great young head coach in Matt Lafleur. And they had everything going for him. They have a great running game with, with Aaron Jones. He's sensational. But Rodgers really hurt them in this game. You could say the Packers defense couldn't stop. I completely agree. They, the Packers defense was not stopping anybody. But you turn the ball over three times to this defense and to set up the 49ers in great field position, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have to be ashamed of themselves. Overall, though, great season. You go to the conference championship game. You go 13-3. and You win your division. You get a bye. You, you pretty much dominated the Seattle Seahawks in the divisional round. So Aaron Rodgers, still one of the best in the game. It, this game, though, really does hurt his legacy, though, because if he, if he would have gotten to his second Super Bowl and possibly have won this Super Bowl, Rodgers would easily be a top-five quarterback definitely would put him ahead of Drew Brees because of the two rings versus one ring argument and what Rodgers has done to the game won way more MVPs than Drew Brees but this loss does hurt Rodgers's legacy and it does hurt his um impact on the game it's it just showed up way too late the game overall was very boring I turned it off um the Packers did have a late surge it was 20 to 34 Green Bay just scored a touchdown. San Francisco had the ball. The Packers just could not get that stop. 49ers end up kicking a field goal, taking like five minutes off the clock. Green Bay got it back. Rodgers throws a pick. That's game. Game over. The 49ers are going to Super Bowl 54 in Miami. And Richard Sherman, him and Darrell Rivas were going at it on social media. Darrell Rivas called out Sherman saying he should be guarding Devontae Adams the whole game like he used to do it. Sherman said that you enjoy sitting on the couch. Revis and him are going to continue to butt heads. Honestly, if I had a choice, I mean, Sherman, honestly, he's now been to two, three Super Bowls now. So he definitely has a better career than Darrell Revis. But there was no better shutdown corner in the modern day football. I mean, Deion Sanders is, is the GOAT, in my opinion. Deion Sanders is the best corner in the game just because of what he's did in, in uh, big time moments. I know there's other honorable mentions that are very close to Deion Sanders. But in the modern day football from probably 2008 for 10 years, not, probably eight or nine years, Doral Revis was the best corner in the game. They called it Revis Island for a reason. So all those people that are saying Doral Revis should not make, is not going to make the Hall of Fame. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not going to make a first time bout. Shut up. Please, please. I can't handle stupidity in sports, especially when people say dumb arguments. Darrell Revis called out Richard Sherman. Darrell Revis is going to be a, be a Hall of Fame cornerback. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear people say dumb stuff about how this guy, just because he doesn't have a Super Bowl win, win or hasn't even played in the Super Bowl, that he should not be a Hall of Famer. Shut up. Stop. 
Why are you why are you even posting that? It's a waste of space. So I just wanted to end on that note. Darrell Revis is a shutdown corner and definitely led the Jets to that huge upset in New England, just saying. And now we got to get to the other game, the AFC title game. And just overall, Jimmy Garoppolo, before I get into it, 6 of 8, 77 yards. Mozart, 20, 220 yards, 4 TDs, 42 rushing attempts to 8 passing attempts. Packers, Devontae Adams had a great game, 9 catches, 138 yards. Again, too little, too late. Way too little, too late. And the Packers defense should be ashamed of themselves. Now... Transitioning to the AFC side of the ball, the Tennessee Titans have had uh, an amazing playoff run. You go into New England, and they really had the same recipe the 49ers had. You go into New England, Derrick Henry runs for over 190 yards, really dictates the pace of the game. They pick off Brady at the end, game over, Titans Defeated the Patriots in that game. Defense really showed up, really made it hard for Brady. But I, that, this is the whole Patriot year was going to be a downwards. It, it just turned into a downward spiral because of the lack of weapons Brady had. Um, if it, it's, um, and I'm going to get into this later. Gronk retired at just 29. And if only if Aaron Hernandez knew what he had what was going on with him mentally and someone tried to speak up with him mentally that combination with Hernandez and Gronk it's amazing to see now both guys are now well like both guys are no longer on the team what the Patriots could have been in with that 12 personnel just just mind-boggling but anyway the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Tennessee Titans 35 to 24 um, the Tennessee Titans jumped to a 17 to 7 lead really dictating the pace. Derrick Henry had 60 yards of rushing in the first half. Tannehill really didn't have to do too much. That's really what, that was the Tennessee Titans recipe. Tannehill is a good style quarterback, but he's not going to win you the game. Derrick Henry feed the beast. Derrick Henry had over, over 180 rushing yards in both of the Tennessee Titans victories against the Patriots and the Ravens. Tannehill just made the key throws. He didn't even throw over 100 yards in both games. It wasn't until this game where Tannehill had over 100 yards by halftime. And he actually had to throw the ball a lot late. He ended up with over 200 yards, two touchdowns. But the difference in the game was Patrick Mahomes' running ability. Because there was times when the Tennessee Titans, they had the Chiefs. They locked them down. Travis Kelsey only had three catches for 30 yards on just four targets. He shredded the Texans the week before. Tyree Kill only had 67 yards. He did have two touchdowns, but he, he didn't beat you with the big play. The person that hurt you was Sammy Watkins. He had that 60-yard touchdown play. And Patrick Mahomes' legs. Patrick Mahomes ran for 53 yards from a quarterback. That is uncalled. That is unheard of. In a playoff game. The Chiefs. The Chiefs are always going to be a pass heavy team. They were down 17 to 7. But the biggest takeaway of the game. The biggest drive of the game. Was when the Tennessee. Was when the Tennessee Titans had the ball. It was 17-14. They had a chance. To get some more points. Take the time off the clock. They go three and out. Chiefs 
are rolling with Patrick Mahomes. He ends up running for a 27-yard touchdown, breaks two tackles, even though those hits were very soft, by the way. And Patrick Mahomes is just amazing. He's definitely by far the best quarterback in this league. He can run. He can throw on a dime. He has a cannon. He can run back left, right, chuck it, throw it, run it. Patrick Mahomes is the best. And that's the biggest takeaway, though, however, was the Chiefs defense holding Derrick Henry to just 69 yards rushing. That's the key with beating the Titans. You have to stop the run. Their play-action game is amazing. And that's because of their effective use of running three tight ends and, and either running it with Henry or using it, Henry as a decoy to pass. Um, Derrick Henry, but the Tennessee Titans should not... Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans should not be ashamed of themselves at all in this game. They really played them tough. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are just a well, they, there's just too much speed on this team. Watkins, Hill, Kelsey. Um, you have Williams out of the backfield, LaShawn McCoy out of the backfield, Robinson, Hartman. All these guys are just filled with speed. And Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Um, ah. I would say best young quarterback. I would not say best quarterback only because of the weapons he has in his arsenal. You got to give, and that's no knock on Patrick Mahomes, but you got to give uh, the GM of the Chiefs and Andy Reid so much credit for building this team that has this much speed. It's it's so hard to cover. And NFL defenses, the 49ers going to have a tough time because Sherman got burnt by Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill on Richard Sherman. Tyreek Hill is going to burn Richard Sherman down the field, straight up vertical. So the 49ers going to have a tall tail task to stop in this high-powered Seattle uh, offensive tack. And Andy Reid now goes to his second Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan was, was the 49ers coach, was in a Super Bowl. He was in that famous Super Bowl where the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. And he was the offensive coordinator for them. So who knows? Maybe this might happen again. But he's running the football. You can tell. But anyway, that was a side note. Um, Andy Reid, this is his second Super Bowl. The last time he was in the Super Bowl was with the Eagles in 04. We all know that result. That was the Spygate game. McNabb threw three picks or turned the ball over three times in that game. And honestly, if McNabb wasn't so bad in that Super Bowl, that Eagles defense was was no joke. David Akers missed two field goals. Andy Reid, that he's been just hit with so much just unlucky breaks. So, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I mean, it's definitely a lot better knowing that the Eagles already won a Super Bowl. So I'm rooting for the guy. Like, I'm more of those, like, if he wins, great. Great for Andy. He deserves it. He has a, he has over 270 career wins as a coach. About time he gets that Lombardi trophy. And and um, and I hope that, he, that Andy Reid does win because he definitely deserves it. But, I mean, I'm not going to sit up there and be all, like, excited and he, he, like, great. Like, he he did not get the job done. He just could not win us the big game. He did everything but win us the Super Bowl. But, I mean, he he ended up coaching up Doug Peterson, told the Eagles to get Doug Peterson, got Doug Peterson, and Doug Peterson brought us something that he never did was a Super Bowl trophy. So, you got Chiefs, their story. 
down 24-0 against the Texans. Patrick Mahomes. It's just all Patrick Mahomes. Ever since they were down 24-0, Mahomes has thrown for nearly 500 yards, ran for over 100 yards, and has 11 combined touchdowns. Two rushing, nine throwing. Amazing. Spectacular. Patrick Mahomes is going to be dominant in this league for decades. Oh, it's going to be... Uh, I'm yawning just thinking about it and just thinking about this. I had the mental reset. Patrick Mahomes, I saw this guy get drafted. The Chiefs traded up for him in 2017 in Philly. And just to see the type of quarterback that he is turning into, it's amazing. But what do you guys think? Feel free to call into the station and voice your opinion. Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez will post podcasts every Monday and Thursday at 6 p.m., Starting this week, coming up this week, I only have one podcast for you guys. This podcast will be out tonight at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. I'm going to get into more Sixers and basketball talk on Monday's podcast, Super Bowl predictions. That Thursday, we have the Pro Bowl next week. But all you have to do is search Swoop Radio online on Google, and I'll pop right up. I'm on iHeartRadio, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. All you have to do again is search Swoop Radio. Stick around. I'm going to get into the Aaron Hernandez documentary, my thoughts, my insights, and as a future sports psychologist, a major flaw that the NFL needs to get done. But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. We'll be right back. Hey everybody and welcome to the second and final topic of today's Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Earlier I talked about last Sunday's games between the Chiefs, Titans, and the Packers and the 49ers for the playoffs. I am 6-4 overall my record. Hopefully I can finish 7-4 by predicting the big game. But anyway, we are going to talk about the Aaron Hernandez documentary for the final topic of today's podcast. Um, Over the weekend, uh, obviously Martin Luther King weekend, so we had Monday off. So what I did on that Monday after I got my homework done, um, I I tuned in and I watched the Aaron Hernandez Netflix documentary. And overall, I thought Netflix did a great job uh, really telling all sides of the story. You have the Ortiz family. I talked about the other uh, uh, victims that were shot and killed by Aaron Hernandez, even though he was found not guilty for those two crimes. And just to give you guys some updates, there is going to be some spoiler alerts in this podcast. So if you have not watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary, um, I apologize because I just have a lot to talk about. So this guy, Aaron Hernandez, um, he's a superstar tight end, well gifted, very talented. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a shame to see how his, how his life ended up. But if he would have... If he would have had someone just to help him out mentally and to have some professional help uh, psychology-wise, having that sports psychologist, him and Gronk would have been the best one-two tight end tandem. And they already were in 2013 in the NFL. He was in the top NFL, top 100 players of 2013. 
and he was the second tight end. So you had Gronk on one side, you had Hernandez on the other. 12 personnel, that's what it's called in the NFL. For you guys who do not know what 12 personnel is, that is when teams run two tight end sets. And it's never been done a lot in football where you see 12 personnel. Um, but the Patriots had not one but two stud tight ends. And they ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, they lost to the Giants, but Hernandez scores in the Super Bowl. That's how amazing of a talent he is. He grew up in Bristol, Connecticut. Really was it just a gifted athlete from start to finish. His plan was to go to UConn. Unfortunately, his father was, he grew up with a very strict father. Uh, he was also well known in the Bristol area. An amazing football player as well. Aaron Hernandez also took some fair shots and blows to the head in high school. Um, Aaron Hernandez also had some, he was also, he had, he had a lot of questions about his sexuality. Um, he got with uh, one of his uh, teammates in high school, like they were just experimenting and they had sex and there's no, there's no problem with that. But when you grow up with, from an old school household, uh, Aaron Hernandez was terrified of his father because if his, find out, if his father found out that he is gay or like he is bisexual, he had sex with a man, Aaron Hernandez's dad would have caused hell to Aaron Hernandez and probably ruined his whole life. Um, Aaron Hernandez also, also uh, had a history of being uh, sexually, there was accusations of him being sexually abused as a child uh, by, his by his babysitter. His babysitter took him to the tent uh, while, 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 he, while he was babysitting them. And apparently he sexually abused Aaron Hernandez as a child. So the fact that you have all that trauma build up and then your father dies at 16 and your mother immediately, instead of being there for you and supporting you during your father's death, she immediately finds someone else within the family, his dad's cousin, and they live together. Imagine going through that and all the, like, I, it's just so mind boggling how I know, I know I've had, I've had nothing similar to Aaron Hernandez. My mom, def, me and my siblings, uh, we all have different dads. So that was crazy getting used to the different dads and the personalities and stuff. And, and I just, it, it, it like Aaron Hernandez just didn't want to be there. And that really started the downfall for him. He was not around his home. He hung out with uh, the wrong crowd of people. Uh, he, he hung out with these two guys that were involved with the street gangs and stuff. They had nothing to lose. You already know what they were going to do. They lived the street life. Uh, they smoke weed all the time. They do other drugs, not just weed. I'm not blaming weed as the problem. And that's a problem I had with the documentary. The documentary made it seem like weed is such a terrible drug to 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 use. Um, but Aaron Hernandez got into, uh, he always tried to act like the tough guy because he was going through a lot mentally and not being able to have someone to talk with him, not being around the right people led to the downward spiral. He ended up going to Florida, got tattoos, went out clubbing all the time, went out partying, had a lot of history of, of anger problems, got into a couple bar fights. He knocked out a, the bartender in Florida in Gainesville. Like this is all built up. And there was also a tie where he possibly could have been tied to a murder down in Gainesville. But 
you know how D1 schools are. They're, they have to protect their football players and their athletes because all, all, they, all the schools care about is making money. As you can see, Florida, all they cared about was winning a national championship. They did not care about Aaron Hernandez's health. They didn't compare. They didn't. They didn't care about any of their players' health, mentally, because no one knew anything mentally. And to see that from a D1 organization is pathetic. And it shows you again how colleges and these athletes and these star players, all they care about is making revenue for the money, like for the school. If their team wins a championship, the school makes millions of dollars. The school benefits so much from these athletes. And you saw that a little bit in his documentary. There was no no one offered him to get mental health, both on the Patriots and on the and, and on Florida staff. And Florida ended up winning the national championship game. They beat Alabama. That was Tim Tebow's senior year. That was in 2009, 2010, around that range, because Hernandez got drafted in the 2010 draft, so they won in 2010. Um, that was the big, uh, that was the big uh, year. And Hernandez was 17 playing in height and playing in college. He ended up being 20 years old going to the NFL. So here's a young kid that has no direction, that has years of trauma built up from his father's death to his father's strict up upbringing to his father. Uh, having anger management problems, getting uh, starting to involved with alcohol as well. And this is all built up. He's also been sexually abused as a child. And no one is there to offer mental health. No one's there to give this kid some direction in his life. And I just, I, as, as a psychology person that studies psychology, and I'm going to get into sports psychology, how does no one, not one person in his life, give him any sense of direction? Because the people he was around with, they're just getting involved in gangs getting, and gang activity. And Aaron Hernandez thought he had to be the tough guy. He was paranoid all the time. Once he found out that the FBI uh, tracks your, can like check your like voice, uh, your phones and stuff like that. Constantly paranoid. He killed two people in Boston, even though he was found not guilty for it. Um, and then he was paranoid from that. That led to his security cameras. Like he had so many security cameras in his house because he was terrified of getting caught, but he didn't show that. He also shot, uh, one of the guys in the face and he ended up surviving from that. And it's, it's just crazy. All the stuff. I don't want to give away too much because uh, I know a lot of people need to finish the documentary, but my biggest takeaway is there was no one there to help him in in fact this is the part that really blew my mind the most how is it that if you're the patriots organization that is built on hard work ethic and you show up and you just do your time and that's it and what you do outside of football really doesn't matter you just got to show up and you do your job why would you offer aaron hernandez the option of getting another apartment, like a secret apartment, when he has a rich mansion with a wife and a child. You wouldn't think there's something weird there? That, oh, hey, 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 uh, Mr. Hernandez, why are you, why do you want to get another apartment? Are you okay mentally? Hernandez even went up to Robert Kraft and the Patriots organization. He asked Bill Belichick to be traded because he's scared someone's out to get him. 
And obviously Bill Belichick is going to say, no, like, what the hell? Like, like you're a star tight end. Why do you want to be traded? So my whole point is he this this man has shown signs of trauma. He needs someone to help mentally. Definitely. Why? There's not one person that can help this man that can say, hey, look, you need should, you should go talk to a psychologist. You need to really get your your life on track. Get it in order. There is not one person, not one, showing that documentary. No one led him to the right direction. He was the complete replica of the environment that he was around and the people that was around him. If he would have surrounded himself with better people, we would not be talking about Aaron Hernandez, the murderer. We'd probably be talking about Aaron Hernandez, the Hall of Fame tight end. And it's a mix of all the factors. So for everyone that's saying it's just CTE, CTE is a huge factor. Don't get me wrong. And Aaron Hernandez, if you guys saw his brain, he had major CTE. There's no question. There's no doubt. His brain was destroyed from constant blows to the head. But it's it's so many factors. It's parenting. It's the people he surrounded himself with. It's CTE and what's going on neurologically. And it's the fact that the Patriots, Florida, not one person, no one offered a single lick of help for him. No one about getting mental health. No one. Not one person. Hopefully that this will not be the trend that will not continue. Hopefully there'll be more psychologists, sports psychologists, working with teams because they need this as you can tell sports has always been talked about training about your body train about being the physically being the most gifted athlete physically no one talks about mental training no one talks about how are you going to be able to overcome off the field stuff how are you going to be able to overcome the loss of a father how are you going to be able to overcome your mother not being there your mother sleeping with another person in the same house that's it that's related to your father like how are you going to be able to Deal with that and still play the game. It's amazing how not one person tried to help. What do you guys think? Feel free to call into the station and voice your opinion. You can check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez every Mondays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and on Google Podcast. Hope you guys have a wonderful day out there. Be safe. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop.